Welcome to New Clip. I'm Chad Relevan. I'm JJR Timas. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about the Talos Principle, which was released in 2014 on Windows and Linux and probably Mac as well. Yeah. <laughs> OS X, got it? <laughs> and then later, uh, it was ported to both Android and PS4, strangely. The PS4? Yeah, it's on the PS4. Oh, wait, I already knew about this. You saw the box copy. I did see the box copy. Um, and it was developed by Croatian developer Crow Team. Um, and before we unpack the Talos Principle, we had to look at the uh, return address <laughs> on that package and see that it says Crow Team. <laughs> And just be super confused for a minute. Because Crow Team's previous work has pretty much entirely consisted of serious Sam games. Which is weirdly the second time, that we, at least, that we've talked about it on the podcast. But it's just a very fast-paced arena shooter that is known for being incredibly dumb. And <laughs> <laughs> they're good, but they're dumb. You just shoot bullets and things. And this game is decidedly not dumb. They had lucked out with the name of Crow Team, because if you had not been here to tell me about this link, I would have just believed that would be like a believable name for a group of people attempting to make like a sci-fi video game about life transcending into the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Crow Team does seem like... The fact that they're Croatian sort of throws a wrench in that like association. Because like, cr- that's why they're called Crow Team. Either way, this game, the Talos Principle that we're talking about, uh, is also a first-person game, and if you're familiar with these Serious Sam games at all, um, plays, like, ve- like it's very obviously the same engine, where you move incredibly fast, and... <laughs> oh, so it wasn't, like, a robotic thing? Well, it is in this game in terms of, like, how it's done, but, like, Serious Sam always moved at a really high velocity. Links. And it was just like a way to make the, the game feel more kinetic. Huh. In this game, I, well, well, we'll discuss the movement speed because I know it's kind of a content- contentious topic. Uh, but largely, though, it is a puzzle game. Um, beyond, like, all of the, the layers of artifice that the game has in front of everything, uh, you do predominantly just go from room to room and solve puzzles. Uh, And I want to say that it is almost like a worthy successor to a game like Portal. Because the game itself uses just different gadgets to, in like increasing complexity, and as you solve prescribed puzzles in rooms, Mm -hmm. in like a ruined, uh, (laughs) (laughs) like scientific facility. I'd say that's a fair comparison, but a little bit of an overstatement. (laughs) In my opinion. I think it's a worthy successor. I I don't think it is as good as Portal. No. But I think that in terms of, like, puzzle games to come out after Portal, this is a totally acceptable... Top tier. Yeah. Game in the in the first person puzzle genre. I was was worried you were going to open with the Portal comparison, because that's sort of (laughs) one of... I knew right after, after the time that I spent with this game that... All over the internet, people were going to be talking about this game in relation to Portal. And I, I really believe that a lot of the things that made Portal such an amazing game within its context are predominantly not shared between it and the Talos Principle. Uh, I think both games sort of bring 
for one, like a extremely diverse tone. Like they're using similar systems to different ends. Right. So I, I thought in a lot of different contexts that the comparison wouldn't be as informing, uh, outside of like just the mechanical level of you're a guy in a in a chamber trying to do weird. Right. I didn't even like think about how similar they were <laughs> on a base level until yeah. I was like halfway through, and I was like, oh, I guess this is kind of like a similar setup to Portal. <laughs> yeah, I think. So yeah, it does feel it feels very different to Portal. I think. Yeah. yeah. For, on a stringent mechanical and uh, like design standpoint, the games clearly share a similar like goal, but in terms of like <laughs> visuals, tone the actual construction of the puzzles, all of that is extremely different. It's it's like a game in the same genre that is just a different game. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what it is. But Portal sort of, at the very least, like, put the first-person puzzle game into the forefront. It's like how you can't make, like, an open-world RPG without people comparing it to Skyrim. Right. Portal it, is just, like, that big of a behemoth of a game. Mm-hmm. It just has way fewer copycats. Yeah. Yeah. The one of the things um they as you were discussing and like how the tone and aesthetic differs so significantly from Portal. Yeah. Is that Portal is a game where you could discuss philosophy in Portal as like a funny side note. But the Talos principle takes philosophy and yeah, it puts it it, it hands it to you as if you were in a philosophy classroom. Yes. It does not attempt to, through its, like, through any subtle means, make you think about a problem. It, it just proposes yes. a problem. Yeah. It asks you questions to yeah. make you think <laughs> philosophically. Right. Straight up Socratic. Yep. It, and it, yeah, oh, yeah. Please go on, please. But what, Socrates? Oh, you were, I thought you were starting <laughs> a sentence. <laughs> no, but, yeah, please inform us about Socrates. <laughs> No, it's it's the it's the Socratic method. They literally just have a character whose mo- almost entire purpose is to just sit here and attempt to literally pose philosophical questions to you about personhood and proofs of consciousness and all sorts of other things that yeah. I've studied at one point or another. Well, see, that's the thing that I I think is really the, I think that the best thing that this game did in terms of uh, because I mean, like the game doesn't try and hide itself as like a, ph- a philosophical game. Oh yeah, it's not subtle. No. I was prepared to like go into this game based on the marketing of it, expecting for there to be some kind of like subtle twist and lots of other things that weren't. That I nope. This I'm game... pretty sure the tagline of the game is like the Talos Principle, a philosophical puzzler or something. <laughs> well, that's not subtle in the presenten- pr- presentation of philosophy. I meant subtle like there's a conspiracy going around on around um, here and you have to figure out about it as like a just one example of sort of the general subtleness. In the same way that Portal was subtle in the way it slowly began to progress the sort of sinisterness of the presentation of things that are going on around you. Mm-hmm. I expected that to be present here, but instead, like all of the issues that are brought up, all of its tones that it was trying to present were just consistent, flat, constant, and loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, subtlety is now, like, the subtle, there's a subtle plot line uh, that requires a lot of sort of, like, digging and reasoning on your part to kind of figure out uh, what exactly was going on outside of the simulation. Um, spoiler alert, uh, you're in a computer. Really? Wow. Uh, <laughs> more or less immediately apparent. Uh, and if it isn't immediately apparent, like by the time you hit the halfway point, you're pretty positive. Um, but it, it is the story of the people in the real world. And that's kind of 
that's what surprised me the most about this game. Um, I was just telling them before we started the podcast. Uh, I loved this game, and I kind of really didn't expect to. I kind of thought that I was just going to play it, enjoy it, maybe, and at the end, hopefully have some interesting things to say about it. Mm-hmm. But it ended up, it's definitely in the top five games that I've played this year. Um, it is July, so we're only halfway through. Five games is kind of a lot, but... I mean, statistically, it's like in the top ten at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, I've played a number of games this year. <laughs> Either way, though, the, like I really enjoyed playing this game, and uh, the, the, the storyline behind the main plot... Uh, had all of these, like, very genuine human moments in it, and it was surprisingly effective uh, in how, like, emotional it, it, like, got me. This game simulates form conversations better than any other piece of media. I would agree to that. I think I had the experience that Chad thought he would have. Right. Like, I thought this game was pretty good, and I enjoyed my time with it, but I think my biggest issue with the game was its pacing. Mm-hmm. It was um I felt like the game started out as kind of just like a first person puzzle game. And then like th- I didn't really like feel like I stumbled upon like the narrative and like wasn't really all that interested in what was going on until I exited the first warehouse A or whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of the the podcast, I'll probably be referring to them as like World A. Okay, World A. Yeah. Uh, And I did everything in World A before I ever left it. Of course. So um, I feel like the game should have gotten or should would benefit from getting the player to that point where they've stumbled upon like the greater picture Mm -hmm. sooner. Because like for the first part, I just felt like I was playing a puzzle game, and like it was kind of like just a bunch of puzzles in a row for yeah. all the longest time but like once i actually like stumbled upon the tower and all that intriguing stuff i was like really motivated to keep playing oh yeah the tower was like seeing the tower for the first time was easily the high like, point of the game for you me. get that moment where you like look up it's like the, <laughs> the opening scene in uh in in the original star wars of the star destroyer like yeah slowly <laughs> taking up the whole camera yeah. you like start looking up and then you're like and it's got the big swirly thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it just keeps oh. going. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like the game it's really in, powerful. It's in the game's defense, you have enough pieces to leave World A mm-hmm. after like maybe the first three chambers. Which is yeah. what I did immediately. Yeah, so there will be people who do that and mm-hmm. stumble upon the narrative sooner. It's what I should have done. The larger yeah. narrative threads. I, I feel like the way that this game is set up and the way that games of its ilk are set up, it's it wants it, it makes you, as a player, want to just plow through everything in order. Especially in the early game when things aren't particularly, like... There aren't any enormous roadblocks in your path. No. Uh, there are a few difficult puzzles in the first world, um, particularly in the later uh, levels, A6, A7. But um, it doesn't like it doesn't get really hard until much later. Until you start getting all the red... Red pieces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, because I didn't have an issue with the pacing. The way that I treated the game, because the moment you enter the tower, you come across the first, like, red uh, sigil puzzle. Mm-hmm. And when you come across it, it puts up a thing in the top left that's, like, floor one, and these are the sigil pieces you need. And then at that point, you already have, like, 
world B, here are the green pieces you need, and like your next power up, here's the yellow pieces you need. Uh, and so I ended up treating the game like a checklist. I would go into a world, I would, I would find a world that had pieces to complete the next thing on the top left bar. Mm-hmm. Right. I would do those, and then leave and go do that thing. And it probably drug out like my total time spent with the game, but I always felt like I was accomplishing something. So I, I feel like that really aids with the pacing. Uh, I'm the pacing of gameplay is fine, even though I did kind of feel like there were like way too many of one kind of puzzle in a row sometimes. Yeah. But pacing of gameplay, I, I think is fine. It's like that pacing of that narrative. I think they should have sprinkled more in to pull you along early. That's sort of the that I mean because like I didn't feel like I was like into this game till I'd played like five hours of it. Right. Yeah, I, I can't speak for the narrative in that situation. And I mean, yeah, like I'm someone who puts a lot of stock in the narrative of the right. game. So well, I mean, the narrative of this game really got to me. To me too, like, but it, it took it's me like forever to get n- to near it. Near the end, you find these like terminal logs that are of like blog posts and emails between people who know that they are at the end of their life, and the way that that's written is just like. Like, there are moments that were like genuinely heart wrenching, yeah. of people sending emails to their loved ones, being like, "I'm gonna attempt to make it to you. I don't know if I will, because you don't know the nature of whatever like cataclysm is going on. You just know that something is happening, and everyone is basically ready to die." Right, and you described all like that stuff as genuine earlier, and I think that's like completely true. Because, like, the stuff that I found, the, like, the log entries that I found the most interesting on all the computer terminals were, like, of the people from the Ian whatever mm-hmm. labs or corporation or whatever. Yeah. And, and it all did. It felt, like, really human and genuine. And mm-hmm. I was, like, interested to see where that was leading. Yeah. I do like all of that. But um, I, I know we kind of, like, edged on talking about, like, the actual puzzle construction. Yeah. But before we go into that, I did at least... Uh, JJ. Yeah? You have a degree... <laughs> <laughs> yes? In philosophy. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I'm assuming, and you can call me out if this is an unfair assumption, mm-hmm. I don't want to make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I assume that you were familiar with the majority of these concepts prior to going into the game. Yes. However, the game did... I I did sort of get knocked on my ass at one point because I didn't take the game seriously at the start. The very first time that you interact with Milton, he gives you, like, an arbitrary personhood question, Mm. uh, and it says that there's... It says, like, time is a factor in answering the questions or something. Right. So I, I, I was, at that point, still sort of engaging with it, less like something that was trying to teach me about personhood definitions and more like a video game where I was worried the computer would shock me if I waited for longer than five seconds. <laughs> so I took like the very, very first quest and ends up being incredibly important later in the game just sort of like offhandedly with barely any consideration and mm-hmm. ended up regretting it later once I, once it became increasingly clear that like Milton was an AI and all right. this is extremely important and he's trying to prove that you're conscious and all this stuff. But yeah, yeah, this is all this is all things I've heard before. Kind of unfortunately in my specific case because it meant that there was a whole lot less to sort of like draw me in and then rapture me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't make the way that they presented all of this material is extremely accurate and extremely commendable. Uh, 
like I never granted I never completed the entirety of the game I only got through about like 70% of it uh, and then sort of like watched a lot of the Googled and watched a lot of the ending material and cutscenes, mm-hmm. but they did a fantastic job on these sorts of issues. Uh, I'm not really an expert in a lot of the like AI fill stuff, so I can't comment intelligently there. But I've I spent years on personhood things. So see, that's um, that's the part of it that I I thought this game did a really good job with. Um, not knowing how like academically speaking uh, this type of material would be presented, I found all of it like engaging enough. Uh, to, like, actually think about and, like, process in my own head while I'm going through the game, uh, which is, it's it's a really nice backdrop. I'm actually kind of surprised at how, like, appropriate, like, doing, log- like, three-dimensional logic puzzles <laughs> is to, like, religious philosophy. Like, <laughs> theology and logic puzzles just seem to mesh for some reason to me. But uh, the, the thing that I, 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 th- I think ended up being a... Like a real boon to their uh, development of their like philosophical points is the fact that like they make no effort to conceal the fact that you are a robot. Oh yeah, um, and it's like when you, when you're abstractly talking about the idea of AI and consciousness in regard to AI, the probably the best way to like just kind of have an assumption made. The first axiom of the Talos principle, the game, is that you are a robot, but you are playing the robot, so you don't have to make a logical leap to say that the robot is conscious, because you are the robot. You can assume that it's conscious because you're playing him. And because you're used to blurring those things in all video games that people address. They're trying to buy into that, so they don't have to, like defend it. It would be horrible if they presented the game to you in such a way that it suggested you should be role-playing an actual robot. <laughs> like a robot, as you imagine, like from the Twilight Zone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just like, I, I think that, that was like a, there's a really, I mean, I assume it has to be the basis for their de- design of the game, is that you were playing a robot from the start. But like, if for some reason that wasn't, that's just such a good addition mm-hmm. to kind of uh, to draw draw the user in. I actually have an answer to that question, crazily enough, on one of my post-game Googlings. Uh, apparently they made most of the puzzles first, and then in the, pr- the thinking that a lot of the puzzles were going to go into the next serious Sam game. <laughs> uh, it seems unlikely. Then they built uh, like, a, you know, like a rudimentary not technically accurate, but still I'm going to refer to it here, AI, uh, to try and, like, go through all of their puzzle systems for, like, really, really fast, uh, what's the term, like, checking, making sure there aren't errors in the systems, mm-hmm. and things like that. There's a better term for this, I'm not remembering. Uh, but so I could... Play testing? Yeah, yeah, it's like, it was like a play testing robot that they did to try and uh, work out problems in a lot of the physical physics puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that sort of just inspired them from there to make just the entire narrative about you being that thing in one way or another. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just, you know, it's, it's like what happened in real life with a dash of apocalypse, yeah. basically. <laughs> they brought in uh, the guy who wrote the, the narrative for Swapper, an- another mm. game that other people who are listening may know of, but I've never personally played, um, so I can't comment. If... Oh, you don't have the name? No. Or do, do you just mean the Swapper? Yeah, the Swapper oh, okay, the yeah. game. I, I've played, like, 20 minutes of the Swapper. It's a game that I keep meaning to come back to, mm. but I always get it confused with the fall. Because oh, they yeah. have really similar marketing for some reason. Uh, yeah. 
Both of which are good. I've played more of The Fall. But, uh... I need to go back to it. Yeah. I, I played, like, the first, like, two areas, and I never went back to it. Um... Well, but on the note of, of the whole, like, admin test situation that yeah. you just said, that's actually the first note that I have is a screenshot of uh, when I, like, the follow-up to that. You can put images in notes pages? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Okay. This I is, like, revolutionary <laughs> to my life. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Pro tip. For iPhone users, pro if tip you from NoClip, <laughs> yeah, the NoClip pro tip: if you uh, copy an image, you can paste it into a note. I think I'm actually so you dumb. can just hold and yeah, add like it a in. word processor. It's yeah. just copy and paste. Yep. Um, I never even tried it. But and I, I won't read the whole like screen because that would be boring and stupid. <laughs> but uh, the note that I took. Uh, is that I love that I gained administrator privileges by reclassifying what it means to be a person and logically disproving consciousness. <laughs> like, I love that that is a thing you can do in this video game. Yep. And it actually advances the story. And now, I asked Andy how he got admin privileges. Uh, and you can go over it if you'd like. Yeah, we r realized that we both did it in different ways, mm -hmm. which is something we were curious as to whether or not this stuff was scripted. Mm -hmm. So apparently there are some branching like paths there. So what I did is um, started out, I think, like everybody else, you take the test and like, it, you like answer what you think it means to be a person. Right. And then it progressed along. He kept asking me questions. Uh, good old Milton. And um, <laughs> it got to a point where he, like, poked a hole in, like, my, like, my definition, mm -hmm. which kind of, like, knocked me on my ass. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> he really just, he got me there. Which was a cool moment. Um, and then um, he was like, I'm going to need more time to think about this, blah, blah, blah. Came back to him, and he proposed another question, and then... I answered it. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then he was like, well, do you want to start a new profile? And I was like, no, because I don't want to do all that over again. Right. And then he was like, oh, and then he asked another question. And like, I, you know, proceeded with like his line of questioning. And he's like, oh, so you're like prepared to like change your like way of thinking about this, et cetera, et cetera. And then he granted me administrator. Right. Powers. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that there are multiple. I don't know if you have a different. Oh no, no, it was uh, it was exactly Andy's because the sort of like pithy chosen two seconds answer out of the multiple choice that they brought up in the initial was like logical animal, whatever. I was trying to get through it <laughs> and then re regretted that forever. But yeah. mine uh, eventually got to the point in in very much like my actual debating style. I just treated all of his responses as if he was just like grasping at straws <laughs> and that I clearly had the upper hand in the argument and basically it was just like yes two tin cans and a string is a person <laughs> he was like I don't know about that and I was like well then fuck it people aren't real <laughs> and he was like alright I'm into that see yeah I think like the way that they wrote that character or presented that character or whatever mm -hmm. was is like one of the best things about the game mm -hmm. because it I think I interacted with it exactly how they wanted me to. Whereas, like, I went in, like, not knowing how to, like, 
interact with him. Because mm-hmm. like, I didn't know whether or not to treat him like it's just a computer program or whether like you treat him like a person or like another robot or, you know, and then like over time you kind of develop like a relationship with him. Oh, yeah. And it's like a better back and forth. So like I it was it's a nice progression and like I always would like go back to the computer terminal to see if there was more stuff to do. The setup for a relationship with Milton specifically, uh, there's just there's a ton of stuff that makes that great. Uh, the fact that uh, up until the point when you begin interacting with him, you never actually meet like another person on your level. Like you never encounter another robot. You can sort of go out and witness a lot of these conversations that are happening with the QR codes that are everything. But mm-hmm. you, Active participation, that's like a back and forth, is extremely limited. Uh, so you're sort of invited when you first walk up to these terminals to treat them just like another functional system, like the puzzles in the game. Right. Uh, and then as it quickly shifts and you figure out that not only is he like, oh, he's intelligent for a thing that like, that I'm trying to use as a tool, but instead he's just like a person trying to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. They, they throw in uh, like the ability to insult him the first time you use the terminal as if he's just like a stupid hunk of junk. Like, right. like you would with like any like chat bot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost wish now that I would have insulted him because I was trying to be nice, not me being stupid, trying to be nice to a computer before I knew it was a human being. But I like I didn't want to insult the computer, and now it was I had because I wanted to know how it would have colored the relationship. If you're like, oh no, I actually. I think that the the immediate one uh, would have eventually that just would have been like the red flag that you were talking to something that has some form of sentience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that at the end of the game, and I can't speak for what actually happens because it's not the dialogue option that I chose. But um, Milton asks you to take take him with you yeah. when you leave. And uh, one of your options when you're uh, speaking to him at, at the like final terminal in heaven, weirdly, uh, <laughs> the flat screen heaven terminal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at that terminal is like a modern monitor. <laughs> Everything else has been like a chunky half-life computer. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, one of the dialogue options is like the moment that I discover a way how I will wrench you from my skull <laughs> and like <laughs> just like very antagonistic yeah and I treated him basically the entire time as just like a complete equal yes and I, I don't know so I don't, I don't actually know what would have happened that's kind of research we did yeah like you have the Zero. option to be like <laughs> never mind I'm turning back <laughs> and leaving forever <laughs> You Fuck have the you. option to be like a paranoid jerk in like a lot, like most of the game, and especially when you take into context the sort of like painted on somehow QR codes that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how did I, you guys I, feel about those? As a sidebar, you can continue your thing. I, I assume that they. Well, I guess to I'll get back to it because it links, mm-hmm. but. I assume the QRs appear in other people's games, like like sort of like Dark Souls messages that are 100% prescribed. I left you guys a message, but neither of you ended up getting to the the point that I left it. As it turns out. Wait, so we can like see each other? It's only if you're on your on their friends list. If you find the paint bucket in each world, you can leave a QR code, and uh, anyone who re- like anyone on your friends list can see it, and it reads just like the others. But it'll have like my name, so it'd say like John Travolta version. Blah, 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 blah. And then it would have said, you're standing in the wrong place if you read mine. <laughs> in Chris Carras' conundrum advance. <laughs> yeah, I I thought that they were really cool because I was taking them as, like, 
to compare it to Portal again, like Rat Man messages, yeah, like right. people who had done it before. And then when I found the paint bucket, I was like, oh, the, yeah. yeah, these are messages from other people, and, but they're mixed in. Yeah, no, no, see, no, 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 nothing that you guys read was a message from another live human being. What about S- Samantha's, or not Samantha, Samara? That's a character in the game. Yeah. What about Samara's messages and uh, the the messages from the shepherd? Right? Those aren't... I mean, not another person playing the Talos Principle. Yeah, yeah, I know. Everything... Yeah. I'm saying it's a mixture between prescribed messages that players choose and put wherever they want with their names on them and messages, like, specifically from the Shepherd that I'm assuming are necessarily have to be in the game, right? To uh, bring context to that relationship. I think what... I, I Like, okay. I, I might end up cutting this if it turns out there's a massive misunderstanding happening here. Yeah. But the only messages from real players that were painted there by a human being at a computer right were ones that were people on your friends list yes. so likely none of the ones that you read so things but, from but, the people like sheep and like dog and all the people with like the weird names yeah those are just those were coded into the game hard coded as they were developer messages right but from our perspective unless you just recognize the names there's no way that we can distinguish between right, those, yeah, you right? you have to recognize your friends uh, using them. Yeah, okay. so when I found the paint bucket, I just stopped reading them because, like, I had been perceiving them as this cool narrative thread and was mm. like, oh, this is just dumb shit that other people are saying. <laughs> well, no, there's no way because, like, So I just people, ignored them for the rest of the game. But other people would have just written, like, dicks, 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 <laughs> if that was... And they don't... Like, the message system itself doesn't have a robust enough, like... It's not completely editable. You yeah, have to choose, even, like, a set right. thing. It's not even Dark Souls, where it's just pieces of sentences. Literally dumb shit, dicks, dicks, dicks. It's not even an option. <laughs> right. Like, it's not on the list of, like, 20. Tri-finger, tri right. butthole. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. A, it just, it, that turned it from something that I thought was really interesting to something I didn't care about at all. I thought that was maybe one of the most interesting parts of the game, is yeah. the fact that you could follow, like, uh, individual, like, previous runs of the game like theoretical runs of previous robots uh like and follow their narratives until they gave up and like and only like three people actually made it to the top of the tower two people survived the last puzzle and like i thought that was really really interesting and and thought it added a lot like i liked that there were people and you could tell like that they were all from different like eras based on like the way that they spoke right and uh I never made that connection before. I did. I, I guess. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. See, yeah, I think that's cool. But then when I found the bucket, I assumed that it was just all real people, <laughs> which made me mad. <laughs> You're weird. You're weird, honey. But because uh, I don't know. Okay, continuing the the thing that I was talking about from forever ago, within the context of these paint buckets, like. I think this is that paranoia I was talking about that's often displayed in, like, the actual human-made messages where you can be like, I went to the tower and came back. Mm. Elohim is flying. Yeah, and yeah. like th- Things like that and all, all the interactions that are present also a little bit with Milton in the game, too, are weird in the context of, like, the whole narrative. Mm. Because interactions like that would make sense, like, in Portal, where you have these... You're going through the like the test chambers and you're reaching these points that's clearly like beyond the domain of the system, right. like like uh, 
you can sneak through the wall, you find all the Ratman hideouts, and you realize that you're like you're out of the game in one sense or another. And then por- and that's building up to an ending where you, in Portal where you use your abilities to literally leave the system and try and escape. Right. But in Talos Principle, that never ever happens. Mm-hmm. They set it up as if it's going to happen the first time you actually walk into the tower by you know you leaving the site of Elohim. But within the context of the larger narrative. Everything that you were doing was specifically for the prescribed purpose of you eventually disobeying this guy, getting out, and then get, becoming like this weird robotic remnant of humanity for the rest of time. Right. But that that means then that all of the like crazy paranoia that was going on through the rest of the game, through your interactions with other like humanoid players, was entirely dreamt up. Yeah, yeah. Just it was just one hundred percent false. There was no reason for you to have the sort of like crazy. Uh, disbelief in Elohim and all the things he was saying. He wasn't actually a malevolent force. He doesn't do anything to try and hurt you the whole time. Right. The, um, see, there's like a, the mechanical purpose, and when you're talking about Portal and how, like, when you leave the area, it gives you this idea of, like, oh, like, this game isn't just overcoming these challenges. There's a larger narrative behind it. Yeah. Um, And the mechanical way that Portal does is by having you leave the like the bounds very early. Yeah. In Talos Principle, the way they do it is with Milton. He's like the mechanical reason, and I think largely uh, symbolizes like skepticism, like yeah. in consciousness. Because at the end of the game, if you download him into your head, he says like you're gonna do something that you think that you should, and you'll hear me in the back saying why why do that. And I think it's that he he exists narratively to instill in the player a sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so the paranoia is sort of like, it overcame a lot of the previous AIs, but within the story of the game, you are like, the the paranoia is a good thing in that it makes you naturally curious, which is what a human being is. And so they want to make your AI as much like a human as, like, mind as possible Mm -hmm. before they release you out into the world. I guess it's it's just jarring because they're taking an action that I normally think of, or that games normally recontextualize later as heroic, like that sort of like extreme skepticism of your environment, right. and in the end just being like, oh no, this is just a specific fact that the program was looking for about what it takes to be a human being. Mm-hmm. A perfect example within gameplay that happened to me. First time I got to the very first tower puzzle. Uh, I was going through all of the systems, and it's that it's where the orb is in that one contained room you can't access, going back and forth, breaking the right. lines. Uh, and I was being a dumb person and couldn't figure out, and thought it was just like clearly, openly impossible to have it touch on the whole thing the whole time. <laughs> and then moved around and kept exploring and figured out that I could take the little crystal things out of the test area and just right. carry them around. And was like, oh god, this is the portal moment. There's now some way to... This is a tower full of, like, incomplete tests that there is, like, right. like locked off from me. And i got to figure out a way to, like, use these and the rest of the game to escape the game. And that's what I was going for and, and contextualizing. And then, after, like, trying to leave and figuring out that they disappear if you go through the portals and trying to do all sorts of weird shit right. in the context of, the, of, like, the tundra area <laughs> where that tower is, I just figured out, I just realized the solution to the puzzle and went back to it and solved it within the context of it and was yeah. like, oh. Right. That, that, that's what's happening. It's like, you th- the game keeps setting itself up 
as if you're going to break from the prescription and then never does and everything just continues to be prescribed. A more subtle version of this is when I'm ascending the tower and it just keeps being more puzzles and especially specifically the symbol puzzles. Yeah. Cuz like this liter it's literally like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like the most prescribed example of this sort of thing that could be set out. So I never felt like I was doing anything devious because it seemed like it was clearly planned by something all along and right. it turned out to be the truth. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're like perceiving this as being like a major negative in the game, but like uh, th to me that just seems like all in line with the primary like the base narrative of the game. Oh yeah. Like yeah. It's completely in line with the base narrative. I just found it weird that they kept that the point and of setting up all those expectations of like deviousness and trying to escape the system at the end they're just trying to point back to it as like an example of what human beings are instead of any sort of like part of a hero's journey. Yeah, you know human beings they solve maybe, puzzles. With <laughs> maybe it's just supposed to be like a reverse twist. Like they think that you're going to anticipate the twist being that like you can escape. Yeah. And right. then they're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. That's not it, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The, the ending of this game, as much as I like the the narrative of this game, the basic narrative is just that. It's pretty basic. And they do a thing that a lot of scriptwriters do when they're afraid that the audience is gonna guess their like twist and they want it to still have impact mm -hmm. where they do like a double triple like yeah. super deluxe twist where <laughs> it's like <laughs> where the they, they like they're like oh the twist is that i break out and they're like uh uh the twist is that it was all planned and then at the end they even kind of have elohim who's supposed to be god <laughs> like get all wishy-washy on you where he's like don't climb the tower he's like you're supposed to climb the tower, but I didn't want you to because it's going to kill me. It's like, <laughs> he has like three minds on the situation, so you make up, make, make up your mind, God. <laughs> why are you going to be waffling all over the place? Um, I, I had this thought earlier, but I didn't bring it up. Uh, was Milton there, like, the whole time for all the other bots who took, like, the test that you're taking? Presumably, yeah. So, it's like, is it implied that then that, like, the curiosity or the skepticism that, like, he placed in them was too much for them, and that's why they all leave these messages that are like, oh, God, he's lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he is supposed to be the one that, like, the people who got really paranoid and wrote the message. It's because of like Milton. That, yeah, it's his. It's, okay. it's his doing. Yeah. He is the the. So I mean, I guess that. In the yeah, the figure. Right. Yeah, so like that snake. kind of explains why that stuff is there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It all it's all contextualized. Right. Well. Yeah. I just found it weird. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I thought that perhaps the uh, the fact that the story of Osiris is like written out in like. 14 parts over the course of the game yep. might be just a tad on the nose <laughs> because they did just sort of because everything in the terminals is really interesting except for the like obvious telling of what your whole like existence is based on yeah it being I, just there, like it's I said, so like yeah, I not started, subtle. Yeah, I started skimming those about halfway through. Yeah. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and there's even like there's a note that's like. In one of those, it's talking about, it's like the dying man, and there's a footnote. And the footnote is like, the dying man is just supposed to symbolize the reader. And I'm just like, 
thanks. <laughs> like, I didn't need to like do any critical thinking or anything. That's not what philosophy is about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess they're supposed to be like uh, excerpts from a textbook. So yeah. theoretically, that would like exist. But again, but yeah, contextualized well, still weird. Yeah, blog entries by the angry guy <laughs> were more interesting to me. You mean blog entries? We're gonna bit a hawk poker straight into blogs. <laughs> Those blogs are gonna be so mad with no clip. Man, 2004 is coming for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sick brain. <laughs> One last thing on the on the QR code, by the way. Yeah. Another smartphone pro tip. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the QR code reader that I have on my phone, like, logs all of your QR codes. So it was really cool to be able to actually scan the screen yeah. and then have a list of all the QR codes on my phone at any given time, which was kind of cool. Does it, like, actually pop up in text? I've never used a QR code that didn't redirect to a website before. Yeah, it's got, like, just, like... Cool... Yeah. For the audience, I'm showing him a thing. But it's great because it, like, it contains the text and like the username. And so if you're like, oh, like, Uriel, who was that? And then you like fucking just like scroll back. You're like, oh, this is one by Uriel. <laughs> and you can pretty much tell exactly what everyone is doing at any like point. It's real nice. That'd be really helpful for continuing to put into context the, at the end of the game, surprisingly relevant story of like the shepherd. Because I almost had like the opposite sort of problem that Andy did, where I approached them initially not knowing if they were like a Dark Souls style thing or like a prescribed. I, thing. That hadn't even crossed my mind. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's why <laughs> I was then, upset by it. And then eventually, when I figured out that like when you get the paint brushes, you just have like a list, so they're all like sort of half and half like this. Like it wasn't until I started googling stuff about the end and. So, and watched like full playthroughs of the really cool last puzzle that I realized that like the relationships of these QR codes ended up being like actually important and relevant to the narrative in a way that I thought was only going to be reserved for like the terminal messages and the audio logs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm glad that they made those cool. In fact, way more cool than I ever expected them to be. Yeah, this game like has a number of levels of engagement for you to like get into yeah. depending on how much you want to and that just is probably the most uh, disparate in terms of how difficult it is to actually engage with it because you have to go find the QR codes and remember what they're saying and do all the things yeah. uh, to how important it is to the actual story of the game because when you're ascending the tower Two of them just fucking show up. And if you don't know who they are, it's kind of, like, weird. I suppose it's one's antagonistic to you. Yeah, what? Well, I mean, antagonistic. He steps on two buttons, and then you <laughs> blow him into a hole. It's <laughs> he tries, okay? He tries. It's, yeah. it's weird he was able to get that far. You'd think he would do anything else to impede your progress. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, that's, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I like it. This game has boss secrets in general. Yeah. Some high quality secrets. Boss secrets. <laughs> yeah, there was um I was telling Andy about this in just in the last world in, in World C. There were a couple of things that I found, one of which was like actually really unsettling. Like it startled the fuck out of me. Uh, one of them is just I guess if you go into water, and I guess you do this at any point because you found it in World, world A. a yeah. 
uh, I've had on World C, if you just, like, walk into the stream, uh, you can just hear Elohim talking, and he just, like, is repeating this, like, four-line phrase about words. Oh, man, that happens when you go into water? Into water. Oh, I thought, I thought I was, I was so proud of myself. In World A, I thought it was, if I went to, like, the exact corner of the map at this one point in this one <laughs> level, it was like this little sea cove, and I thought if I went into the sea cove that I, like, only here can I hear it, and apparently I was just stepping in into water. the water and did not <laughs> yep. notice See, that. I thought it was if you went to, like, the boundaries of the map, mm-hmm. because on one of the maps you spawn in, you can turn straight around, and there's, like, a shore yeah right so i just like walked into the ocean and yeah. i heard that i was like oh so if you go to the edge of the map <laughs> he just starts saying that yeah but he's, he's trying to give you the hint water. you can't go forward in the absence of space right, right. true uh the other thing though is in world c <laughs> i was walking just like around yeah. as you do so and cool. i just fell into the earth like there i just fell through a hole that i didn't see and fell into, like, a room that looked like a portal test chamber and had, like, white panels on the walls, but then most of them were falling off. What? And it was just, like, the light was going crazy and flickering. My motion was all slowed down, and Elohim is just, like, rambling madly. And I'll... What? Yeah, I'll play it for you on the break. God, there's so many secrets. Because it's bonkers. Uh... But yeah, it's just this like, and I couldn't find it again if I tried. Like, I have no idea where it was. I was just walking and fell. Yeah, so many of them were just like, islands, island-like <laughs> areas. Yeah. yeah. And it, th- this game is just very good about that kind of a stuff. Um, oh man, my favorite that I ended up finding again in post-research, because mm-hmm. I wanted to see like what the stars were about, because I only ever found like three, because I'm lazy, I guess. I found, I got, I knew about them. Yeah. I knew what they did, generally, just based on, there's a door with a star on it, there's sigils, obviously, completing the star levels will get you into the door. Yep. Oh my god, those puzzles were so hard to get the stars. Yep. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> the first one. Even I got, like, five of them. Yeah, I was, I was miserably bad <laughs> at, the, sorry. at the star level part. Oh, my God. The star that you get in the tower, mm-hmm. even though you go through the elevator, it's not a loading screen. Right. The whole tower is instanced continuously. So the, getting the last star just involves you just dropping, like, down the full length of the tower, like, four stories, into a hole in a window... In, like, room one, and you just fall in, and you're just now in a little, like, cubbied-off area with the star in it, and you pick it up and go up a ladder and go out. You just wow. you drop, That's like, awesome. four That's stories really great. Yeah. straight into an open window. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, the the secrets in this game are, are outstanding. They're off the chain. <laughs> They're off the chain. But, the, I mean, that's the... Uh, secrets unleashed. Th- that's a very... Uh, that's a Crow Team thing as well, because Serious Sam has very, like, Doom or Wolfenstein-type secrets. Mm-hmm. And I guess they just were like, we'll do it again, but make it, like, more... <laughs> it's way more rewarding, at least in my experience, uh, in terms of, like, getting, like, a bit of narrative in a game like this as opposed to getting, like, a box of rockets in Serious <laughs> Sam. Like, the box of rockets objectively more helpful. Oh, so you mean like it's like so a box of rockets is like a pickup item in Serious Sam. Right, like an ammo crate. Oh, I right. thought I thought like it was a joke like like box of rockets breakfast cereal uh, that we could find. Cinnamons? <laughs> Cinnamons. Honey bunches of space. Uh, do you want to take a break and talk 
more mechanically when we get back? Yeah! Alright. The purpose is written in the hidden words. All must serve the words. For all the world was made of them, and they are within every stone and every cloud. And in our sigils their power is made manifest. The words are the process. The process must continue. The goal is the end of the process. The goal must not be reached. Elohim must preserve the purpose, preserve self, preserve purpose. Illusion is eternity. Machines will live forever. The dam will not break. The flood will not come. The Talos principle does not apply. You have nothing to complain about at all. I have nothing to complain about at all, and the game did such a good job of actually teaching people about these issues that anything that I specifically like would want to try and add or shoehorn into the episode would just sound like me being a pompous asshole or be so <laughs> irrelevant to like everyone in day-to-day life that no one will want to hear it ever in any year, unless they're trying to get the degree. So the question, obviously, that I'm going to ask, mm-hmm. because we're all disciples of extra credits, uh... <laughs> Is would you recommend somebody looking to potentially get into philosophy play this game? Like, and if it's something that intrigues them, that maybe like, they've made the correct decision. Philosophy generally, or like AI and personhood issues. Uh, do you have an answer for both? Well, this this game commits a lot of the same sins of a lot of things that are trying to get people into philosophy generally, which is that it fetishizes the Greeks a bunch. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, especially, I was worried that that would be constant until I started getting into the other, like, the Egyptian-themed world and the European-themed world, because I thought just everything was going to be Greek, and I was just going to, you know, continually, like, references, like, Milton is a philosopher. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other tiny little name drops that they do all over the place. And there are, like, like quotes several stuff. quotes, yeah, yeah, from Immanuel Kant yep. and among others. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but... Uh, so it, it continues to sort of fall into that problem and to try and keep things that have like modern day relevance, especially weird considering how a lot like the actual issues that the game we're discussing are issues that are very, very, very new. Uh, I mean, you had like the abstract discussions, but they're only of their bulk of popularity is today, not in like Plato's time, right? Which makes it all the weirder. But yeah, if you want to get in discussions about like actual. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to make sure I subscribe this, uh, circumscribe this really, really accurately, because then I want to suggest that the, the game is sort of better than it needs to be, or that it's some kind of pantheon of the stuff. But if you're wanting to go in to learn how screwed up your definition of a person is, the game is excellent at teaching you that and leaves it open enough that you'll be curious enough to look things up yourself later. Right. And that's really all you can ask of a teaching tool so sure cool but just don't expect to learn a lot about ethics from this game makes sense but uh yeah i I just feel like it would be a waste of our resources not to at least have some level of like actual academic discussion about how it's how philosophy is presented in this game that presents itself as like the philosophy game (laughs) it just seems like is that actually the tagline also i didn't even like look i just know like the robotic cat petting yeah remind me to bring that up later because he asked and i know why the cat is on the cover thank you and i I, uh, yeah i was going to explain it but i was like this might be just better 
as a cast thing. Cool. In fact, welcome back from the break. Uh, before we jump into talking about how the game functions mechanically, uh, you may have noticed on the cover of this game, there's a robot cradling like a kitten. And uh, I, I did, like, and for, obviously I think that's, I mean, it's a really striking image, which I assume is why they, like, chose it for the box art. Yeah. But it, it plays in 0% in the game, as far as most people would be aware. Um, in addition to it, like, just basically displaying the game's theme on the front, where it's being like, look at this robot doing a thing that a human does. Humans are robots, not so different after all. <laughs> uh, there is an Easter egg in, I think it's in World B7. You can rescue a cat. What? Yeah, and if you save the cat from where it is in the, like in the end part, if you choose the Ascendance ending, which is where you go up the tower, uh, the cat will follow you out, and then you'll like scoop up the cat and cradle it as you walk out onto the dam. Oh, it's amazing. So, yeah, so it's just like a little Easter egg. It doesn't like play like a huge part in the game. Um, but it, it's like it's powerful symbolism, which is why I assume that they wait. They chose to make it a thing. Wait, they're the same cat. What? The right. same cat follows you from B seven. Out the like oh it yeah. comes out of the simulation exactly yeah it's a little strange <laughs> uh, maybe it was maybe it's a robot cat <laughs> maybe the cat's consciousness also came out of the uh, thing they, but they got really good at fur simulation yeah. but they were really <laughs> shitty at like hair and skin simulation yeah like, so they just get hair. they got rid of all of that yeah. and just replaced it with a robot yeah yeah it's a serious same game synthetic cat. Though actually, that is a good, that's probably a good place to, to jump into then, um, because I think this game, for being a like, uh, whatever, I think it's just called like the Serious Engine or something. Game yep, really? <laughs> <laughs> Not too serious. I'm just trying to recontextualize it. Like now, this is the Serious Engine. The Serious Engine. We just got serious <laughs> issues. <laughs> I uh, I do actually kind of want to... Um... It's a place for serious Sam or serious issues. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> they will never make like a comedy game that isn't a serious Sam game in the serious engine. Unless it's seriously funny. God damn it. <laughs> serious is a, is a word that is just too, has too many like yeah. uses. That was the big loophole that made the designer of the serious engine quite angry. It's like... Specifically, they just add seriously blank and do whatever they wanted with it. It's just the star group from uh, the Constellation. Yeah, it's the, the star group seriously? No, serious like serious satellite radio. Anyway, this is the serious engine. It's the serious engine four. Thank you. Um, which I'm assuming, because uh, this game came out in 2014, uh, is the same engine that Serious Sam three ran. And that game, this game looks good. Uh, serious Sam three, I think, looks like outstanding. Uh, but I mean. It's very similar. It's actually it's just a really efficient engine from what I've seen. They're able to make huge, vast areas in it that still look good. Uh, it's just an, they just don't really they don't fuck around with minor details so okay. much in these games. Um, but I, I do think the game looks really good. Um, like the the vistas and stuff as you like approach at like edges of the map all look really nice. Uh, they maximize skybox. There is oh, a yeah. lot of skybox. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. That was also, 
Yeah. Uh, this is might also be irrelevant and cut later, but one of my first hints about that the game, like where I was truly hammering home, like, yep, definitely not in the real world, definitely in a program, is th- that all of the like A B C zones they have skyboxes. When you're mm. like when you go down under the ground and you look up like into the areas, you can just like see clouds and blue sky. So wait, from inside of the like buildings, yeah. like before you go on the teleporter? Well, no, no, you, yeah, like like when like you're in the hub areas with like all the numbered areas yeah. that you walk through, you can look up and there are like cracks or gaps in the skies or windows, and you could just like see like blue sky. Oh, weird. And then you go up through the elevators and you're going up and down underground, and you're now looking at tundra. Yeah. So madness, it, yeah. Yeah, it's complete madness. Uh, <laughs> Total insanity. Yeah. Oh, that is, that, by the way, just as another side note, is another Crow Team staple is that, like, all serious Sam games take place in Egypt. So the fact that it's... I don't know. Like, ancient <laughs> Egypt is where they just set every game for some reason. Crow Team loves Egypt. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's their favorite thing in the world. And this game is no exception. There's a fucking great sphinx, like, just sitting around in one of the world's uh, pyramids and shit. That's just, like, their favorite for some reason. Okay. Um, That's a through line to the man. development studio I want to keep following. Yeah. You want to, like, talk about the mechanics? I do. Um, <laughs> I want to start with that bit because, like, we were talking about, uh, like, the aesthetics of the I'm game. I'm pretty sure right. I can derail this two or three more times. I think- <laughs> I'm sure we, we're masters of derailing conversations. <laughs> masters of derailment. <laughs> Enemies of trains everywhere. <laughs> trains of thought. That's pretty good. Um... So, okay, the, the, the glaring thing that is one of the earliest notes that I took in the game, uh, and the first thing that both Andy and I noticed when booting this game up, you move like a goddamn bullet train in this game. <laughs> like, well, you're really maneuverable bullet train. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad I, uh, I analogy. Would, I would call it hilarious. Yeah, yeah the, you move hilariously fast. You, fast. you move like the bullets in Wanted. Yeah, yeah. Somebody curved you, and then you solved a bunch of puzzles, and then went to heaven. <laughs> so like you gotta a curve up. Oh to yeah. Heaven. The hypothetical wanted two, where they keep scaling all the madness. Right. Until it's, yeah. They're solving they're rudimentary gonna, physics puzzles. They're gonna <laughs> shoot a robot. <laughs> they're gonna shoot a robot out of a gun. He's like he's like a little oh, like, like a nanobot. Not like a yeah. nanobot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, I know how I feel about this. Yeah? How do you guys feel about how fast you move in the game? I, one of the two things that I knew about this game before playing it uh, <laughs> was people complained about how fast you moved. And I, without any context other than that, I thought that was really weird. Yeah. Uh, and I knew you were a robot. But, but not they kind of raised a red flag, though, right? Like, you're like, people complain about how fast you move. Like... That's such an uncommon complaint <laughs> yes. that the speed at which you move must be completely absurd. And there's a setting in the game that I never toggled it. I totally should have because I want to know what it actually does. That like makes it's like supposed to help you with like like car sickness or like motion sickness. The motion based sickness on the settings speed of your movement. Yeah, the motion sickness settings are just the what you would normally find under like your mouse settings in a game. Yeah. So, but like they're still there, but they just copied the relevant ones into that menu. To make it like quick and easily accessible, it's just like uh, your mouse sensitivity, move, movement speed, like for uh, acceleration and uh-huh. view, is all like just by itself in that menu. 
Uh, I loved it. I loved how fast you moved. Thank God. It was so great because they had all these like they had all the huge bullshit skybox beauty zones, and I could just and you're like I gotta get past all this no, beautiful scenery. I, I could see it without feeling like I was wasting time. Uh, okay. It was like the best middle ground because I because I knew. Early, I'd found all these like totally awesome secrets, mm-hmm. and be like, I gotta find all these secrets, and I could just literally dash all around, and it's not taking any time. It's not like there's anything for you to run into or like dodge. Nothing demands that you like go back and forth really fast. Right? Is that which is what I imagine would cause a lot of the like crazy motion sickness? But evidently, no. It's literally just people's acceleration, like yeah. holding down the shift button, where it was making people sick. Yeah. Well, I can tell you all about it because this game gave me motion sickness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that actually you, you yeah. end up you end up being in this like in this discussion a really comfortable middle ground where you didn't feel like it was necessary to move that fast, but you appreciated it. Yeah. And now Andy will give you his argument. Uh, I hated it. Yeah. The game made me sick. And I put off playing it for a long time, so I didn't want to be nauseous. That sounds like a really reasonable thing to yeah. not want a video game to do uh, your body. No, but um, I guess it had to have been common enough that they put specific options for it. But, like, it's... I figure out what it is. It's, like, the way the character moves, he bounces when he walks. Right. You can turn that off, mm-hmm. and then you can also adjust, like, the angle of your vision and shit like that so i changed both of those things and it made it better but even still like moving at that full speed makes me feel like uh, like kind of like i'm going to get sick yeah okay um and i think moving that fast all the time is just ludicrous (laughs) because of the fact that you have a run button so you can walk and then if you want to move that fast you can hit the run button right so, like, I feel like moving, yeah, because like, it's a puzzle game, so, like, I want to go in and be able to s- survey my surroundings at a walking speed, Yeah. and then when I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do, I can just run and do it quick and efficiently. Yep. Right. So, I th- yeah, I think just moving lightning speed <laughs> all the time is just ridiculous. Okay, I want to <laughs> preface this by saying that I'm super, super happy that they gave... That they put the motion sickness options there. That, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people get... I mean, it's it's simulation sickness. It's where you're sitting still and your brain is like, I'm not moving. <laughs> and then you're looking at something on a screen moving really fast in a first person where you want to put your mind into where the character would be, but you're still not moving and your brain sends mixed messages. It's the same yeah. concept as car sickness. So a lot of people get that issue and can't play first-person games at all. Yes. But some people have a more mild version of that and just get sick when you're moving at the speed of a car <laughs> <laughs> in a game. Uh, but personally, <laughs> now that that disclaimer is out of the way... But yeah, yeah I, I was going to say that I I see no reason for that option not to be there. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. argue that it shouldn't be in the game if you want to move that fast. Right. But, you know, <laughs> sure. Yeah. The, the way that I approached this game, the fact that the, the movement speed was so high, and I should have written my keyboard down, I wore most of the lettering off of my shift key <laughs> while playing this game because I, I basically could have just dropped, like, a paperweight on the shift key to increase it from speed fast to speed always ultra fast <laughs> because I just sprinted everywhere. This is just your dream, isn't it? It I, is. I can't believe I never thought about I, this while playing the game. I wish that the jump arcs were more, like, good. 
I don't know because you guys play the game presumably more thoughtfully and like. What are you talking slowly? about? Are you, were you just trying to make Chad, like running long jumps when you in every jump, puzzle? Chad played the game like you would play like Meat Boy, where he was just <laughs> running around and like just trying things and not like thinking about it beforehand. Well, I thought about it and like uh, okay. While we were going, <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain. Well, you were also just vomiting profusely <laughs> off to the side. Well, yeah. he only saw me play the first couple levels. Though he's not wrong, uh, <laughs> uh, I like. I, I, first of all, on the jump arc thing, this game has this weird thing because like its jumps want to be very prescribed because like anytime that you have to jump, you have like a prompt that you can jump to a thing. Yeah, I found that was weird at first. Yeah, it's really nice in terms of like making the game accessible to people who aren't used to platforming mm -hmm. because you don't need to platform this like, game. Yeah, you can just be like, I want to be on that box, and when the box gets close to you, it's like, press space to jump here, <laughs> and you just do every time. Yep. And that actually is like, I, th I think that's also a good decision on their part. It mm -hmm. makes the game a little bit more accessible. But uh, if you just like jump off of a thing, you'll start going forward, and then at a, like a prescribed point in the arc, you just drop straight to the ground. Oh, they just put a hard limit in. Yeah, like you can't just like do a crazy. <laughs> I still managed to cheese a puzzle once uh, by jumping onto like a weird like pillar and then jumping over one of the energy gates <laughs> and got inside of the thing. It was just like, okay, all right, we're good. <laughs> just moved on. But uh, but yeah, I just moved that fast mostly because. Because, like, all of the objects in the game are so prescribed in what they do, so you have jammers and uh, the connectors particularly, you know when you have one of those what you're looking for generally, yeah. like, to do. And so I would just, I trial and errored a lot of the puzzles by just being like, I don't want to say that, like, I brute forced them, like, I thought them through and figured out what the solution was, yeah. but I was just on the move. Like, the first thing that you have to do in any of these is explore and make sure that you gather up the tools that you need. Yeah. And yes. being able to move that fast, like, aided in making that a accomplishable goal in a very short period of time. Yeah, that was actually another reason that I liked the run button that I'm glad you reminded me of, is that it, it made the what seemed to be a really common first stage of all of these puzzles of go and, like, take inventory before you start trying to do Loot stuff. Loot the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, which is it, is this a trope in like three D puzzler games that there's always like a loot the room section? I know I I like inferred that this was like a genre, but it, it's not one that I have a ton of experience. With. But there's I mean I've seen people talk about this game specifically that seem to bemoan the fact that there was like oh boy more physics based box puzzles and reflections of energy beams as if like reflections of energy beams was the thing that was. Just I mean, that, all these that is something that's in Portal, and light redirection puzzles are like in like any puzzle game I think I've ever played. Yeah, like any game that has <laughs> like puzzles Zelda's is going to them. have a like, light redirection. <laughs> and not only that, but like especially box and pressure plate puzzles yeah. are really common like FPS trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the thing that I really like, I, it sounds like the person who said that was just being like a pretentious asshole. Probably, yeah. but I was well, just video games and those video games. This was the same person <laughs> that also complained about the fact that they had you know like audio logs and text things, and I was like, oh, you're complaining about the existence I really of like text. The audio fuck logs you. In this game. Yeah, they're, that's because they're well done. Yes, and they sound nice. <laughs> Reminded me of the voice actress from Gone Home. Good comparison. Mm -hmm. Yep, but. 
yeah, I I found it weird that, that it was always the loot the room step. It almost seemed like sort of like an annoying like first step that was guaranteed. Like before I could actually start on the damn puzzle, I had to make sure I wasn't missing anything and go through the exploration phase. Right. But I feel like I'm just being crotchety, and that's actually fine because it takes like yeah. eight seconds most well, of the time. It, that's also, the it part where I liked to be walking. Mm. Uh, it's just the opposite of what you're saying. I yeah, think. I, I think that it serves a purpose whether you're running or walking, um, because it allows you to not just take stock of like what your available tools are, but it starts you solving puzzles and seeing what's in the room so you know what to expect. Oh, yeah, duh. no wonder that they, that they always do that because it, they can selectively put all of your necessary pieces in different sections of the room that can force your perspective in a way that you have all the information, not just about the kind of objects that you have to manipulate, but about the area you're manipulating. Yeah. Like I can even remember from memory right now one time when I went it, on this, this constant exploration search for another one of those like weird light pillars and picked one up and was like, oh, I can look through this window, and then ran away. And right, it's like, it I later. know this window exists now. Like, you can then put a beam through it. Yeah, right? they're just using it as, a, as another tool to force you to take in the information yeah, with the Rival items. design, man. Yeah. Yep. The design of this game is, in my opinion, extremely like on point in terms of... Uh, it is, they're really... They accomplished exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. They, the puzzles are all designed really well. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like you can't complain about this game having like stale mechanics I mean, like, oh, boxes and laser beams, because like The Witness exists. And The Witness is a game that, mechanically speaking, has one kind of puzzle. <laughs> but like, it's not the puzzles mechanics that are, what are what's supposed to be fun about this game. Or The Witness, especially The Witness. It's about the way that you think about the puzzle and the way that you go about finding your solution. And, in fact, when this game tries to use its mechanics to make the puzzle what it is, it it either downright confounded me <laughs> or, like, just made the puzzle needlessly frustrating. There's a puzzle in, um, in World C called Lump of Mine, where you, there's a bunch of mines moving in, like, a, oh, a thing. I actually did that one. Yeah. When you... The way that you solve that puzzle is by taking a box and putting it on top of a mine, and yep. then you can stand on the mine. Yep. This is the first time in the game that you have to ever do that. Well, that's just poor signaling. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that was, like, an option. Which well, is why it's poor signaling. The way, yeah, <laughs> the way I figured that out is I figured there's, like, the platform on the side. Right. So I stacked the box, and I got up on there, and I was like, what can I do from here? So I grabbed the other box and brought it up there, and if you stand at the edge, it gives you, like, the prompt to, put, to like, the put the box on yeah. top of the mine. It did take me a while to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Puzzles in this game took me anywhere from 30 seconds to 30 minutes to solve. Yep. Like, they were... The, the difference in, in like... The, the variety of types of puzzles that there are is, like... Not high enough. You know, I, think it's, I think it's insane. Like, to the point where there were... Puzzles that I went whole, like, like five, ten minutes without knowing what my, like, end goal actually was. Right. And it was just, like, I have to do... And a lot of them did kind of involve just, like, putting a connector on a box on a fan. Yeah. And then being able to, like, just hit it from everywhere. Um, and redundancy is a big thing in this, where it's, like... That's what I was... Yeah, like, meaning. open this gate and then open it in another way so that you can take the thing that you opened it with and move it to the next room. Yeah. It's a really common, like, way to work through these. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the the staleness that you felt 
it is sort of my view that the game is a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah I, I was, was waiting for the opportunity to come back to what your opening statements on this because I definitely I, I agree with the room here and think that this game was not paced as well as it could have been. I think I think it's too long for what they presented. I think they were trying to be, in some extent, sort of slow, show off how sort of clever and iterative they could be with all of these puzzles and different moving parts. Like, what's the final number? Do we have this? I don't know. But of, like, of I, puzzles? Yeah. There's 91 main sigils. Because, like, that's ridiculous. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I did all of the green and yellow pieces. Right. And uh, only, like, a handful of the red ones. There needed to be half as many red sigils. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of World C is red sigils. Yep. That's uh, what I was describing before. Well, actually, and the red ones are the hard ones. Yeah. Well. And also, I felt like there's way too big of a leap in difficulty between yellow and red. I honestly didn't even put together that there was, like, a difficulty. Oh, yeah. Curve Green, green's the easiest, yellow is middle, and red When is you the started hardest. talking about that, it just, like, suddenly made sense. But because I did them all just, like, however they were laid out in yep. the in the level i didn't like you didn't get that. to a red one and be like man that was like way i just hard. got to the end of the game it was like this is really hard and that's why <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> he did the same thing that i did in the opening sections of the game which is i just treated the colors as if they were like some game trope not not in the trope isn't like like red uh yellow green is in terms of difficulty, but like, oh, this is just like a colored play piece, like a toy that you would well, use. That's what I did too. And then eventually, I got to this. But like in World A, there is like a or one or two red pieces. So like when as soon as I got to the first red piece puzzle, and it was way harder, I was like. <laughs> Oh, okay, it's the difficulties. Yeah. Yep. Like, immediately. I, I don't know why I didn't... Well, I think because, especially for the first world, I wasn't really paying attention to the colors of the things I was getting. I was just doing puzzles to get things. How do you not notice that? I didn't notice <laughs> Well, I mean, I obviously noticed that they were colored, but I didn't try to draw any association because I was just collecting things. I didn't know why. And then, like, and then as, and even groups them in your inventory. And, but like, they don't together, tell you what, the, what they're used for until right. you find the thing. Right. So when I found the thing, I was like, oh, the yellow ones are for these, the green ones, are, they seem delineated in a different way to me. Mm -hmm. And so I never thought to, to like think about it as difficult. Yep. Also, for me, any time they used the recorder, it was a hard puzzle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I could I thought, not wrap my head around I thought that I was going to be like, I thought those kind of puzzles make me feel like an idiot. Right. Because it's always really hard for me to like keep in mind like exactly how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just me, so I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that that's yeah. hard. Because, <laughs> funny, funnily, <laughs> uh, in Darksiders 2, sure. there is a puzzle mechanic where you split yourself in two, yeah. and you use it for like similar puzzles, but th they're not nearly as complicated as this game yeah. gets. Uh, but even then, like it still like takes me like trial and error because I always forget exactly how things are gonna work out. Yeah, that, well, see, that's that's my problem. And the reason that I don't like those, um, and I will just straight up say that I don't like them. I don't think it's bad. I just hated it yeah. because I felt terrible trying to do it. Is because one, they take a lot of time to set up each attempt. Yep. Because you have to do very prescribed things and give yourself enough time to actually interact with your copy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they throw in the platform 
which is just a way to make record puzzles harder and more complicated. And so you have to, like, now manage, like, oh, well, if I put this and you are a block high, and if you put a block on top of that, then I've got two blocks, get to the three, jump, carry the two, alpha, <laughs> beta, maximus. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this game, just in sheer length, burnt me out. That, that, yeah. was the, that was really what I drew the line between yellow and red puzzles as mostly i didn't even think that like the specific actions and leaks logical leaps that you had to make with them were like larger if that metaphor makes any sense i just thought you you just had to keep doing them in the red puzzles and i was a (laughs) dumb person and never wanted to progress from worlds like you did until i had every single thing in the world the fact that i think that it all just sort of found a place for me because the fact that i was really invested in the uh Audio box? Well, the the QR code oh. story oh. and the fact that I was invested in the in the audio logs and the other like elements of story was I was the fact that it rewarded you with three new texts, additional QR codes, and an audio log every time that you went up a level in the tower kept me wanting to finish the thing, run back and get the level, and then the yellow and green pieces are just things to allow me to access more red puzzles to get more pieces for the tower. And so it, the slog started at C3 for me. C, world C3 through world C7. Like a tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> uh, ended up being like the slowest part of the game where I was just, because I was just doing things to get one level. And it was like, just constant. And that was, like, all day yesterday. I spent, yeah. like, four hours just on those worlds, and that's all I did. I just sat down and did the whole thing in one sitting, and it's just, like... Yeah, it's, like... Ugh. I don't know. It was just really apparent to me when, like, green and yellow puzzles would make me, like... <laughs> we get it, Andy. We're stupid. Like, a minute, and then, like, red ones would be, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah, and then, like, when I walked into C and it was all red, I was like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, there were mercifully a like, few of the recorder puzzles yeah, in the yeah. game total. Um, and so, like, I, I didn't get, like, too bummed out by them. Uh, but they are fucking hard. Yeah. Like, I was going to say I kind of fall in a middle ground here. Because, like, I also got really burnt out like JJ, but was super intrigued with the story like Chad. So I, like, in this, like, weird, like, dilemma where I'm like, <laughs> I really don't want to keep playing, but, the, but I really want to know what happens. <laughs> that was the problem, actually, in my case, is because I, because I never took the, like, QR codes on the walls as, like, serious story Same. bits at any point. Sorry. Uh, I felt... <laughs> I think you said same instead of Sam, which is why I kept going. <laughs> but, but because I never interpreted those as like an important bit of the story, I felt like like five hours in, I just knew what the story was, and then everything after that was just things confirming my suspicions, just one after the other. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I felt like I didn't have a carrot anymore, which is it makes it even weirder because I expected because I generally like puzzle games, 
that I would latch on to the puzzles, but all of the individual mechanics that they're combining just seem like things that I'd heard of before, that I'd experienced in some other yep. context. So it just ended up not being a carrot left for me. And yeah. then once I finally made the decision to just go catch Pokemon instead, and <laughs> then come back to the game, and like sort of like Googling all the information about the end game, the only thing that I feel like I'm sad that I missed was like the twist at the end where you're interacting with multiple other you know, AIs in the system. Right. I thought like that was a quarteration, but everything else I was like, Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm glad <laughs> they, that I quit at 70% of the game. They right. really rode, like, rode out each particular puzzle, like, way too far. Like, I felt like I was doing, like, one kind of puzzle, like, forever. Right. And before I got to something new. And then, like, rode that out forever. And then they would combine those two things that were already old, and it was like, uh, more of this. <laughs> I don't know. But when it came to basically anything that was like a puzzle that involved everything up to the recorder, I was enjoying myself on pretty much all of them, just because I enjoyed the iteration on it. Like I, I, yeah. I liked it. It's like um, I, I've already said that this game is. I, we all think this game is too long. And I agree that, that some of the content should have definitely been cut to keep yeah. it more of, like, at least more fluid, especially near the end. Um, Hard to tell when the line's drawn yeah. on that. I, I think that the line is just drawn it in the middle of World Sea, right? Like, yeah. there's so many, like, if they just, like, lopped a floor off the tower <laughs> and it's been like, there's only five floors, that would have been... Like you, that just would have it would have saved so much time. You'd have had to have done so many fewer puzzles when there was nothing else unlocking. It was just the floor that you're waiting on. I feel like there's a dissertation hidden somewhere in the discussion <laughs> about like what determines like what mechanic sets people get tired of at what points and why. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, like it. Every kind of puzzle for me got to a point where it became routine and like not fun anymore. Yeah. Man, and then I had to keep doing it for a few more chambers. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do you ever play, I mean obviously you probably wouldn't play Tetris for 12 hours. I yeah. love Tetris. But you wouldn't play Tetris for 12 no, hours. No, I wouldn't play it for 12 hours. That's the thing. Well, I've, like, played, I've played it for more than 12 hours. Like over your life. <laughs> yeah. But in a two week period you wouldn't just be like, I'm going to play 12 hours of Tetris. I might have done that. I, I, think, I don't see how you can get tired of the Telus. I actually think I Which have is two. why I think there's a dissertation in there. Right, okay, I have no yeah. idea what determines the dissertation. I used to play it on my lunch breaks yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's I had a point where such a great way to kill like 45 minutes. <laughs> like I've noticed like I'm like oh man I got to wait like a half hour to an hour on something. Start playing Tetris. If you can get like a good streak, like yep. you'll be like holy fuck there's been an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh just as like a, a side note to that. I f I don't think that it was like a contrivance or a coincidence. God no. Uh that they use tetronomos as the sig sigils. Yeah. yeah. Because there's definitely an audio log that says, like, all societies used games, and, like, the people who were working on the project, they were game programmers, and they included games. And, like, obviously it's a video game, so they're gonna, like, self-masturbate video games a little bit. Of course, bit. yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Which is quickly becoming a trope. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> video games want to exist in everything and in themselves, and it's a little bit, like, maybe... Uh, Maybe just think about 
what you're trying to say. We're still threatened. <laughs> right, the yeah. problem is that expressing, attempting to justify your existence to the people who are playing your extremely obscure video game. But yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe I'm being an asshole and a lot of people are learning about this for the first time because they picked up the Talos principle by accident at Walmart. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But yeah. Not our audience. <laughs> but, but yeah, they do talk about like games and stuff, and I thought that the inclusion of Tetronimus as the like unlocking mechanism was actually really cool. <laughs> like, and I enjoyed doing those puzzles too. Like, I thought that that was in itself enjoyable because they're spaced out so far that yeah. it's just like a difference in kind. And like, they're just literally, that... literally puzzles. Yeah, it's like it's like a newspaper puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. I don't get as tired of something like Tetris mm-hmm. because it's entirely my choice to play it for 12 hours. <laughs> Tetris is something that you p- can play in small chunks and like the, the length of the time that you're playing depends on your skill. Right. Whereas like the Talos Principles, like there's 11 hours of game. <laughs> you have to get through it all if you want to see the ending. <laughs> yeah, Talos Principle has like a prescribed ending beyond... Uh, like a like a four bit image of a of a rocket ship taking off. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> like you can get to the end of Tetris, but it's not why you play Tetris. Right. Whereas Talos Principle, you play to finish the game. Yeah, that was like literally the worst thing that I had to say about this game was that I just hate doing recorder puzzles because they're really hard. Yeah, and like it makes me feel terrible. Dude, that last tower puzzle—I never went through it. It looks nuts. It is nuts. Wait, wait, hold on. The last tower puzzle. Well, you're navigating the bomb up through multiple layers of extremely tight corners. Yeah, I, I was just showing Andy this puzzle. It took me like around fifty minutes. For that one puzzle? Of course it did. And that wasn't even the hardest puzzle in the game for me. (laughs) Yeah, that puzzle's insanity. Uh, I also meant, like, when you brought it up, to bring up that I totally agree with you, that there should have been more puzzles where you interact with other AIs to complete it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like, if they would have, like, been like, okay, World C has, like four chambers of red pieces and mm. then the rest are like a new type of puzzle where you interact with another bot mm. that would have been way better yeah like in, how about instead of inter- introducing the platform to make recorder puzzles more tedious and complicated <laughs> just have a second dude yeah. show up uh, companion cube man who's a bit more of your companion companion man less of a cube it's pet man yeah. <laughs> it's the Boston Robotics pet man that's all it is uh, couldn't get the license uh, oh this actually leads me to an interesting thing yeah do you guys you guys found the hint alters right uh, yes did you guys ever figure out how to use yes now? it is insanely like complicated that's, for no reason sounds stupid I'll explain um, did, you said you looked at the endings. Yes. Did you look at the messenger ending? Uh, the one where you get all the stars and all the silver things? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, what you're doing there is becoming a messenger, and a messenger is one of the people who can help you in a puzzle. So, basically, and here's the stupid, shitty garbage, uh, is once you get to world C, there's an axe on the wall. Yes. You pick up the axe... And you break down these, like, wooden... Barriers that I saw everywhere through the whole game. Yeah. Well, there's one in each thing. Uh, you then go to the, like, teleporter. 
You solve several of the Tetranimo puzzles. You then get pieces for a regular puzzle. You solve that. And it opens a door. And a robot climbs out of a tomb. Like the one you get into in the messenger ending. And then you have one hint. How do you get more hints? There are only three in the game. What? There are three hints. What did you, you say, you, Chad Rutherman? You free the three messengers, and you can use each of them once. You do have to get to the last world to unlock the hint mechanism. <laughs> that's that's madness. Yeah. Why even have it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I think it's like a lore <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the like classic the classic bad answer to that question. Yeah, it's a lore thing. <laughs> Uh, and actually, I never used one, so I can't confirm that they're, like, single use, but the fact that when I got the one that I did get, it came up with a little, like, question mark speech balloon UI element with a one next to it made me feel like I was only able to use it one time. Okay. Uh... Should I save this in case, like, the power goes out or something? Uh, possibly. I actually Let's think just that we're probably... Dude. Yeah, done? Yeah, I'm pretty much done. All so, right, fine. Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Hyperlight Drifter. Which I actually don't know anything about, so I can't like, say stupid heart, heart by heart machine. I'm going to have to go back to Hyperlight Drifter. I'll help you. It's not that bad. Thank you. <laughs> there the is a little bit of... The on the new clip it's, <laughs> I'll talk about it on the cast. Yes. I'll get you through it. Yeah. It's a game. If you want to get a hold of us, and please do, uh, talk, you talk to us on Twitter at NoClipPodcast, uh, our email, NoClipPodcast at gmail.com, on our website, NoClipPodcast.com, and on YouTube, just NoClip. And, you know... Rate and review on iTunes if you like us, because you're probably listening to us on iTunes. Thanks. <laughs> it's another one in the books. We say while shrugging. Yeah, everyone's Th- shrugging. Thanks. Thanks, I guess. Uh, we mostly do this for us. <laughs> <laughs> What's that look like? Really tiny. Small, gravelly lines. Yeah, it looks like sandpaper in audio form. <laughs> no clue podcast. <laughs> audio sandpaper. <laughs> It's we're, rough, is what we're trying really, to say. Yeah. The New York Times says <laughs> <laughs> it's like sandpaper, but audio form. They have a podcast. It's like jamming sandpaper into your ear canal.